Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Mm. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At Take 5, your oil change is faster than you think. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Save-A-Lot Foods serving Columbia since 1994 is celebrating their grand reopening at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard with amazing deals and you can even register for prizes. Open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Check out our weekly flyers for great deals on your favorite products. Save-A-Lot stores are 100% employee-owned and operated and proud to be local. Save-A-Lot food stores. Shop the dot. Save-A-Lot. What would you do if you ran out of food to feed your family? That's the reality for hundreds of families here in Southern Middle Tennessee, and you can help change that. Front Porch Radio is partnering with The Well Outreach to help feed as many families in need as we can for as little as $30 to provide a week of groceries. Join us for a special live broadcast on September 26th and 27th on Front Porch Radio, or you can give right now to help a local family in need at thewelloutreach.org. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. T to the B, joining you for another edition, ladies and germs. It is your, bow your heaven, you say your name, Tony Basilio Show. Special thanks, Bino, for letting me fill in yesterday. I understand rapper Andy made a rather elongated uh, appearance on here. Brian, is that accurate? 
was Rapper Andy on here yesterday, rising and shining, as it were. What did you make of what did you make of Rapper Andy's uh, rather long performance on here yesterday? Well, I thought uh, Rapper Andy made a good point about how he was treated well when he went down to Gainesville, so that was a good to hear that story. Oh. And he's getting ready to release some more stuff here soon, so stay tuned. What else did we learn? From Rapper Andy? Just anything. What did I miss yesterday on my day off? We just talked about the... Um, what Tennessee has to do in the South Carolina game? What uh, you know, the fact that Nico's not quite ready yet. I don't think to take on a larger role. Mm-hmm. How uh, that kind of stuff. Let's uh, let's let's forget about that. Let's move on though. Let's uh, move on to today. I got a question I wanted to present. Well, well wait a second, Brian. I missed a day yesterday. Now I missed a day. Thought it was very interesting, by the way, that uh, that um, the story of Cooper Mays is now being told. It was never fair to say that he was warming up for games and was going to come in the game. I don't know why our head coach was doing that, but somebody needs to help our head coach because that's that just doesn't work. That's not going to work. Well, he's a smart guy, but that's not smart. That's not smart. That's setting your fan base up for thinking that a guy didn't want to play. That just doesn't make doesn't make any sense. I was talking with somebody in that organization last night about this. And I said, "What What are you doing?" I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, "Well, you guys, you got somebody's got to help him. We can't just let him walk out there and keep saying that at press conferences." Because you know the Mays family's going to get their story told. And the story is, for people that listen to Twitter Spaces that, that join us here, we talked several weeks ago that he had a triple hernia surgery. And when you have a triple hernia surgery, you were never coming back for the beginning of the season. You were not going to play in the Florida game. And why would you play last week if you had a triple hernia surgery? Five weeks, five weeks on from that, when that is supposed to be a six-week deal, which I was honest with you the whole time on here. Let the record show. Go back and read the blog. Go back and look at it. I was honest with you the whole time on here, which is what we're going to do. And why the head coach would stand up there and say, well, you know, he warmed up, but he didn't feel like it. That's just not accurate. He was never going to play. They weren't going to play him at Florida. And so finally, that family, my belief, had enough. I'm a smart guy. And said to Austin Price and them, hey, you, you guys need to say something here. Let the record show. I was saying on the postgame show a couple weeks ago, it wasn't fair. Let the record show. I'm on the right side of that. I don't understand what Josh Height, what was he doing? And what has he been? This whole thing with the injuries and the, you know, being too cute by half, 
Okay, fine. I don't care. Do what you want to do. But you can't do it at the expense of your players. I mean, am I wrong? You, you can't make that sound like, well, a guy just didn't want to go out there and play. No. You can't do that. No. So I love our young coach. I'm for him, not against him. But that's that's an area he's got to learn in. But you get in front of a, a live microphone, you you got to know what you're saying. And you can't keep repeating that the guy isn't going to play because, well, he just, you know, he didn't feel like going. That's just not reality. And, and how does that make that kid feel in his family? I mean, let's think about that for a second. Someone who's been a stalwart for you the last yes, two or three years and somebody, a legacy, a legacy kid, too. Right. I don't even think you would do it to a guy who gets on all of our nerves like a Kamal Haddon. I don't even think you'd do it to him. Anyway, so a big story is I think there's a pretty decent chance that Cooper Mays plays this week, and if not this week, by the Texas A&M game. And when Matt Dixon gets in here, we'll talk about the significance of that. But I don't understand pretending that a guy that had triple hernia surgery is going to go out and play in a, in a Division One football game. I just don't understand that. You could have easily said, yeah, he might play, he might play, he might play. And then once he doesn't play, you say, oh, well, he, he doesn't play. He didn't play. Okay, fine. Look, if you came here for coach worship, that's never going to be me. Never. And I love this guy. I want him to make it, make it, make it, make it, make it. And win big. But you can't say that about your players. Not cool. Not cool, Josh Heupel. Not cool. Not cool. Sorry. And I'm not saying he meant to be malicious. Obviously, he didn't mean to be malicious by it, but what are you doing? Because that's not who this guy is. I mean, I love the fact that he hasn't made excuse made, because that really has hurt their offense a lot. And, and I love the fact that he has an excuse made with it, which is something laudable. But, man, saying a kid was warming up, you know, he just didn't feel like going. Uh, no. N no. Not true. I said not true. Uh, after the Florida game, Garzaloff fifth quarter, go back and check the tapes. And I said it Saturday. And then Austin Price writes something yesterday over at VolQuest, which says, hey, this guy had a triple hernia surgery, which is true, by the way. The Twitter spaces people will tell you that it's been a secret between them and us. But we've talked about it, Brian Hartman, among our panel for several weeks now, the triple hernia deal. And that's a serious type of surgery to think you're just going to go right back out there in a couple weeks and play football. Uh, no. No, you're not. But it's significant he's coming back, so that's something good. Later on today, when Matt joins, I want to get into, and we'll get into Brian's topic as well. I don't even know what Brian's topic is, but we're going to get into what we know about this football team and what we know about the SEC at the third poll. So this is a kind of what we thought and what we actually know. What we thought and, what, and, 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 and what's before our eyes. So we'll do that. 
Colin Taylor is going to join us. And, Brian, Colin, we love Colin. He's with... Just he's like, with Gamecock Central. Yeah, he's really a good dude. He's a really smart guy. He um, had to be very surprised. The, the power of Southeastern Conference football was on full display Saturday night because you had, uh, in that game, South Carolina and Mississippi State, two middle-to-bottom-of-the-pack teams in this league, Balling out, putting on a show. Now, if you saw the numbers from Ohio State, Notre Dame, which did an incredible number, by the way, not a lot of people saw it. Uh, And that's okay. But a great football game, nonetheless. And I don't know that I've ever been more wrong about a guy than Spencer Rattler in my life on here. And a wise man once said, it's one thing to be wrong, it's another thing to stay wrong, and I choose not to stay wrong. Spencer Rattler, with that line they have, is like a one-man chow. Speaking of which, Brian, do you think my Eagles are any good? And do you think it's aging well, that cowboy trade? Of A.J. Brown to the Eagles. You think that's aged well in that? You mean the, uh, the the Titans trade? Titans trade, I mean, yeah. Of, of A.J. Brown. Uh, you think that's aged well? That way. You think that's aging well? Could that be one of the dumbest, worst trades in the history of football? Maybe team sports? Does that, I mean, Titan fan, what were you doing? Why would you give away a playmaker? I mean, I didn't understand it at the time, and I well, really don't understand it now. It also looks like they gave away a decent quarterback with Dobbs letting him go. Well, that's another story for another day. I mean, that's right. And by the way, kudos to him. You know, people like Bino, they didn't appreciate him when he was here. They were hard on him. And I want to say that I, I think that's great. Here's a guy getting a chance to start on a team built to tank. They are trying to get the first pick in the draft. They're trying to get either the kid at North Carolina or the kid at USC or one of the good, solid, can't-miss kind of quarterbacks that are in this deal. It looks like the best quarterback from the rookie class this past year is down in Houston who rained it down on Brian over the weekend. That A.J. Brown deal, though, watching him run around last night, I mean, the Eagles had a third and short situation, and they just popped the ball out and flat to him, and he just ran over this poor cornerback who had no chance. He gets the ball in space against NFL corners or even sometimes a safety and makes them look like the, that deal where when you're in uh, ninth grade and you got the kid in your neighborhood who's like in third grade and you run by him like you're a world-class athlete, it feels good, doesn't it? Did to me anyway. We have a lot to talk about today. The This weekend's game is going to be very, very, very interesting. Be- Brian, are you expecting the Vols to blow this team out like the uh, Ve- like the uh, Veya number? Are you, are you buying that Vegas number, Brian, of a double-digit game? I 
actually think that's about right, and I think they might. Wow. I think it could be a blowout. Yes. I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to hear why, because I do not feel that coming. I feel this is going to be an interesting game Saturday night, and we'll talk about that as we unfold. Colin Taylor will join. Maybe, 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 the home field and a quick start by the Vols will lead to a blowout. They better play well early. They better play well early would be my assertion of this. As we continue on the other side, I'm fighting the allergies here in my throat. More after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett & Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. 
Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. I've got our favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson, on the phone. Miles, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, buddy. I know it's uh, another week. You got some more great bargains for us, so let's hear what you got. All righty. Well, this week we have ribeye steak, six ninety nine a pound. Jumbo russet potato, eight pound bags, four ninety nine each. Green cabbage, forty nine cents a pound. Crystal geyser, thirty two pack water, three for twelve. And Coca Cola, twelve pack, five ninety nine. And uh, these sales run through what next Tuesday, I believe. Yeah, next Tuesday. All right, fantastic. And as always, you guys are open seven days a week, and you're open 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., located right there by where the post office is. So if anybody's out there looking for some great deals, I'll tell you, check out Foodland. You cannot go wrong. Miles, as always, thank you very much. We appreciate you talking to us, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right, that was Miles Johnson. We just got done talking to Go check them out at Foodland. They got some fantastic deals. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. I was just talking off the air as he joins us now on the TLD Logistics Hotline to the great Colin Taylor, who I love. I was bragging on him. Colin, were your ears burning? Last segment, I was bragging on you. But, um, you know, my question for you is... um, I asked you off the air, are you looking forward to this one? And your reply was? Yeah, I mean, this is this is uh, college football and, and pro wrestling, and I love it. it. It's turning slowly into that. And this is one of those games where it's not like the coaches are feuding, but the, the two fan bases are going at each other, and I love it. I love it. And, and really, from a Tennessee perspective, and you and I, you and I had talked last year, leading up to this game, and your sense was South Carolina is going to go out there and do the J-O-B, if we can use a wrestling terminology, in the middle of the circle, in the middle of the squared circle, they're going to get pinned, uh, go out there like a job or wrestler and, and take their beating. And it just didn't play out that way. And, you know, since that night, Spencer Rattler's been kind of a different guy, hasn't he? Concept game for Spencer Rattler. Like, hey, when you prepare and do certain things and you call certain plays and tailor an offense this certain way, look what it can be. And um, hearing stories from that night about Spencer, just how locked in he was and seeing the entire field really for the first time at South Carolina, he's parlayed that to Clemson. And then um, you can make the argument he's maybe the most valuable player, most important player to his team in the SEC right now, given what that offense would be without him. So, it's been really impressive to watch his development. He's protecting the ball at a higher rate this year since that Tennessee game, um, just being really efficient with the ball. And uh, It started maybe a couple of games before that Tennessee one, but that was his big coming out party, and, and he hasn't stopped since then. Yeah, and you're a guy, you know, kind of uh, paid to cover the team and then giving your opinions as well uh, in forums like this one. And you didn't see that Tennessee game coming last year, did you? I didn't see it. I don't know if you gave the coaching staff or the players truth serum if they saw that. 
might have seen a win. They might have seen ways to, to pull off a, a victory. But I don't know if they saw 63 to 38 and scoring on, I think, seven or eight straight possessions to start that game um, to that level. I don't think they saw that coming. I don't think anybody did. And, you know, Rattler's an interesting guy because I'll, I'll be honest with you, when he was at Oklahoma, you know, he had a lot of fanfare around him. I, I there was something about him I, I found kind of off-putting. I don't know the guy. You know, I'm just looking at this thing as sports fans like we all do, which is at a surface level. But, man, now when I look at him, I'm like, that's a one-man wrecking crew, essentially, with that offensive line he's playing behind. Yeah, it's been uh, – that offensive line, it's gotten better. But, I mean, from what you saw, I mean, they gave up nine sacks or something crazy like that, 16 tackles for loss against North Carolina. And for him to go out there in just that game and go 30 for 39 for 300 and some odd yards and not throw a pick, um, it's really impressive. And uh, the only the only time he's really looked off was that second half against Georgia when the offensive line just broke down and Georgia was heating them up and, and they had to, to pass the ball a ton. So, yeah, he's been – Given what's around him from an offensive line perspective, uh, but Juice Wells only playing about 50 snaps total this year so far, the fact that he's doing what he's doing and is one of the more efficient quarterbacks, not just in the league but in the country, um, says a lot about him, just the leap he's kind of made through the past you know three or four months uh, leading up to the season. Do they talk about him as Colin Taylor joins us, Gamecock Central, on the program? Do they talk about the way he's matured since he's been there, people you talk to, is he a different person right now, or is he kind of the guy he was when he walked in there? Oh, absolutely. He's matured. He's always kind of been a mature guy. I think his time at Oklahoma kind of gave him some perspective, um, changed maybe how he looked at some things, just because that's a humbling experience when you lose your starting job. Uh, The biggest thing for him, he's been humble. Uh, He's really worked, but... Now he's understanding the game. Now he's in an offense that's tailored more to his skill set, not making him think as much, allowing him some freedom to, to check plays, to, to freelance and, and kind of create on his own and be a point guard. That's how, how he describes it. Um, just I think that's really elevated his game and the maturity and being another year older, another year in this league. You're seeing the growth from – year one in an offense where it was a lot of square pegs and around holes to what it is now where they're actually tailoring that offense to fit his skill set and the guys and the skill sets of guys around him. And, and meshing with the coordinator, talk about the importance of the of the offensive coordinator in all this. It, I, I don't think it could be understated. Um, Dowell Loggins comes over his first college offensive coordinator experience, and I think he's been – a home run higher. They've only played four games. They haven't, you know, he hasn't made a mistake where the fan base is ready to turn on him yet. Uh, but I think he's doing a really good job with how he's developing Rattler, that relationship. And Dowell Loggins has talked about it, I mean, ad nauseum, just if I trust you, you have the ability to check and call, maybe not your own number, but if we have certain looks, you're able to get out of a play and into one you think might work better. And there's a lot of trust and Spencer Rattler doesn't take that lightly. And I think the relationship they've had, you're seeing it on the field now again. They're still 2-2. They have shot to beat Georgia and couldn't make it happen. But 
that relationship, I think, is why this offense has been able to tread water through some of those tough times and been able to, to have Georgia on the ropes to put up 37 against the, what's been a, a solid Mississippi State defense. Um, you're seeing some of that come to fruition. Colin Taylor joining. I'm going to jump my, my, my uh, gang in here. Matt and Brian uh, both have a question for you. But So, yeah, the club is 2-2. Two and two. You mentioned Juice Wells before. His absence means what? It's another explosive playmaker that's not on the field. Now, Xavier Leggett's stepped up and been an absolute stud through these first four games um, on pace to break the single-season score receiving record. Uh, but you just don't have a guy that – you saw what Juice Wells can be in that Georgia game. He catches a screen pass on third and long and makes – two or three guys missed and route to a touchdown. Um, you just don't have another guy like that on the roster that can do that um, with the ball in his hands. And that's something that they missed. They have other playmakers, and the offense, the downfield passing attack has been good even without him. But having him on the field just brings you an element of shiftiness, of versatility that you just, when he's not out there, you don't have to the, to the level you would if he was. That's a really good point because when you're running away from Georgia's defense, uh, f- forget about it. Yeah. You're a great playmaker. Brian Hartman, jump in yeah. here. Colin Taylor, our guest. Yeah, I just wanted to ask. Now, Wells is definitely going to be out Saturday. That's correct, right? As we Shane Beamer, Shane Beamer has not said as much as the Will C situation, but, I mean, when you have a foot injury like that that he's been coming back from, I'm not anticipating him playing, but crazier things have happened. Um, Shane Beamer's been very coy about it through the first since that injury happening in Georgia. I wouldn't bet on it, at least. Matt Dixon, jump in here. Yeah, just no, really no running game so far for South Carolina. Is there is that a something that that could potentially get better as the year goes on, or is that just between them, the the running backs and the line that's just not going to not going to improve much and it's just going to be all spencer rattler i would i would probably lean more to the latter they're coming off their best running day of the seasoning it's mississippi state where they didn't have a ton of prolific runs uh but they did enough in the running game to kind of take the pressure off of spencer rattler um yeah it's just kind of been a work in progress now granted every run you make is a throw spencer rattler doesn't and i think you'd rather have the ball in his hands uh so they're not going to be a run-first team. This is never going to be a run-first team. But they have gotten better, and they just they just don't have the horses right now. Your running back room is DeKaron Joyner, who started at quarterback. Um, Mario Anderson, who is coming up after a really good season in Division II. Um, he's been kind of serviceable, your bully, bully ball, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of guy. But um, this is not a run, rushing attack that I think is going to go from what it's been through the first four to all of a sudden lighting teams up for 200, 250 yards um, a game just because, number one, you don't want to run that much because that's not Spencer Rattler throwing the ball. Um, And number two, you're just not an explosive team for a lot of different reasons running the ball. And and a lot of it you're just going to have to recruit your way out of. Yeah, and the truth is they're they're towards the bottom, right, numerically in just about every rushing category known to mankind? Yeah, uh, I think they have... If I'm remembering my math, six or seven runs of at least 12 yards 
through four games, and Spencer Rattler has five or six of them. All but one have been a Spencer Rattler run. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's uh, Yeah. And a lot of those have been scrambles as well. He doesn't do a lot of design runs, uh, but he can scramble in the park pocket. So it's just not been explosive. And they just need it to be more efficient, and that's still a, a big question as you move forward. Let's talk about defense. Um, where does South Carolina keep getting these big, tall, angular, lengthy uh, corners and people in the secondary? It's like they mint those down through the years. Watching that game the other night, here we go again. They got they got some length in that secondary. It's long, but it's young. Um, I mean, I think they just copy and paste Nicky Wari three or four times and just throw dudes out there that look just like him. They're all... 6'1", 6'2", minimum. They're all 210 to 220 pounds, and they're all really physical and can run. And uh, They're coached up by Torian Gray, who's one of the, I mean, for my money, probably one of the best defensive backs coaches in the country um, with what he's able to do with so many guys early in their careers, getting them ready to play. Um, they're just young, and they lose Cam Smith, lose Darius Rush, two guys that are in the NFL now. Um, kind of going through some growing pains, but, yeah, they got – the body types are there. The the skill sets are there. It's just about getting more comfortable and what you're asking them to do on a down-in, down-out basis as an SEC corner. And it's remarkable. I mean, they had their moments here, and obviously they got, you know, kind of lit up a little bit. But, but they're kids, and you can just see how angular. And I mean, as a Tennessee fan, I'm jealous of that because we have guys that can't run that are sort of veteran players. Uh, they've introduced one freshman into the mix. But they got kind of lit up the other night. But still, uh, those kids looked the part anyway. Yeah, and a lot of that, watching in real time and then going back, it wasn't like they were out of position for the most part. It's like you're there, just turn around and put your head up and, and make a play, and they just didn't. And some of that was just, well, Rodgers is also a really good quarterback, I think, too. Um, they're young, man, and, you know, Nicky Minwari missed one-and-a-half games, really two games, with a hamstring injury. D.Q. Smith has played more safety, but he's having to switch to nickel a little bit more because uh, Jalen Kilgore came in and played great at safety, and he's more safety long-term. So you have these really young and talented pieces. They're just getting more comfortable communicating, and that's not great when you're playing this this hypo offense that can make young DBs and miscommunications pay with, with touchdowns. But this is a secondary that has a lot of promise. It's just it might take some time to get there. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, which is where I was wanting to go. Obviously, uh, Heupel's offense, when it's running at peak efficiency, can take a young secondary and turn them inside out. You know, in my mind, Saturday, Colin, the early part of that game, it's absolutely paramount if South Carolina is going to be in it and have a chance to win it late that they've got to weather the storm early or keep there from being a storm early. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, you saw that in Shane Beamer's first year, that both coaches' first year. South Carolina goes down. Tennessee scores on, I think, like negative three plays. Like they just start the game up 7 nothing. South Carolina comes down. They can't score. Tennessee goes up. I think it's like 28-7, to and you barely blinked. Fans are still sitting down um, getting concessions, and it's hard to – crawl back out of that, especially now with how quick the clock moves in actual gameplay. So, yeah, if you're South Carolina, your biggest issue has been not starting fast on the road at times. 
outside of obviously the Georgia game. And so you have to do that. You have to be able to weather. You can't blink and be down 14 nothing or 14-3 because if you do, then that defense can wear down. It's going to wear down, and then the offense is going to have to feel so much pressure trying to come back. And um, So if you're South Carolina, you have to start fast. And if you do, then absolutely um, you have a shot at, at making something happen and, and pulling off an upset up in Knoxville. Do they feel good about this one, or do they feel like this thing is going to could get away from them and get ugly people you talk to it's one of those things i think depends on the person if you ask south carolina fans after the north carolina game they were probably like oh tennessee's going to run away with this and it's not even going to be close but seeing tennessee lose at florida seeing south carolina be competitive against georgia and pull out a win against mississippi state while not pretty at times still a win I think the fan base is slowly coming around to thinking that this can be a competitive game. It might be a shootout, but they have a, they think that this can be competitive, um, just given what what they've been able to see from this the improvements that are are noticeable on paper for South Carolina moving forward. How surprising was that Georgia result to you as somebody that covers this thing? <laughs> uh, very. Um, I thought it was going to be. I thought Georgia was going to cover. Um, and I think they were a four touchdown favorite just because of the offensive line. But give Dowell Loggins a ton of credit for that offensive game plan, especially early, and South Carolina for being able to you know make some plays in the red zone defensively. And they showed a lot in that game. They showed that they can they can go toe to toe with a lot of teams that they play that way um, over the course of a sixty minute game. Colin Taylor, Gamecock Central, uh, joining us. Health-wise, Juice Wells notwithstanding, what are other uh, issues? And obviously with these coaches, they don't tell you anything these days. Um, it is what it is. We can all get frustrated about it. But what are some other guys that we sort of have an eye on injury-wise? Yeah, uh, Amarian Brown, one of their, their starting slot receiver when healthy, uh, has missed the last games georgia and mississippi state with a hamstring injury when healthy again their starting slot guy has forced 11 missed tackles and really a game and a half that he's played he's one o'donnell fortune is another their other starting corner outside of marcellus dial he should be fine uh but kind of banged his knee up at the end of late late last week um should be fine but he was limited against mississippi state and trying to rattle off uh they'll be down they've lost their two penciled in starting tackles, one in the spring and then one in the North Carolina game. They they won't play. Uh, but other than that, it's it's a fairly fairly healthy team for as which you can be through four games of the season. Yeah, Tennessee is kind of uh, uh, likewise. You know, Tennessee has the situation with Cooper Mays um, starting center. And, and, look, Tennessee's offense is completely different without him in there. Um simply because it just is. I mean, he's just a perfect center for Josh Heupel's offense, and he may play Saturday. Uh, we don't know. Uh, it would be within the time frame of, of when he was expected to return. Most people didn't think he would get back until perhaps this game. Um, from Tennessee's perspective, there were some guys that missed the or they pulled off the field the other night, but the thought is, that those folks are going to be available, should be available, uh, nothing to see here. 
who knows how much of that's true. Um, so it sounds like we're going to have a good one. What do you think's an X factor for South Carolina if there is one Saturday? Do they have an X factor, do you think? Yeah, it's this defensive line. Um, this They're coming off their best game. The Mississippi State's offensive line isn't the best in the world, still trying to figure some things out. But when this defensive line generates pressure and they have the people that can do it, when they generate pressure and set the edge, this is a, a defense that um, – can really can really make some things happen, um, and you're going to have to get pressure. You're going to have to stop the run, which they haven't been great at under Shane Beamer. And if they can do those things, and the defensive line plays well and gets and affects Joe Milton, they have a chance to really make that Tennessee offense look less efficient, and, and that gives the offense that much more opportunity to go out there and, and keep the pedal down to the middle. Well, you said it. Anytime you heat a quarterback up, I mean, I'm watching pro ball, you know. And last night, the Eagles, they just lit Baker Mayfield up like a Christmas tree. And there's really not much you can do about it. I mean, even at, a, at the pro level and even with very good players, uh, you heat those guys up. And, you know, you make Joe Milton play a little faster than he wants to play. But you touched on something, which is South Carolina against the run and Tennessee finding uh, themselves with the running game this year. That's got to be a major concern, I would think, internally for them. Yeah, absolutely, and that's one of those things where South Carolina last year, because they had NFL corners at both corner spots, was able to kind of load the box and try and stop the run, and um, they just didn't have that. I don't know if they have that this year in two NFL corners out there, and um, they've really had to kind of send more guys pressure-wise this past year. You saw it in Mississippi State. Um, it's a concern because Georgia was able to really lean on South Carolina late uh, in that game, and North Carolina was able to run. Furman was able to pop some runs here or there as well. So you're going to have to have a tight end or a, a front seven that really, really kind of controls that game. And if they can, then Tennessee becomes that much less efficient. And if they don't, then it could potentially be a long day for them. Colin, anything else you'd care to uh, add or anything you want to ask us here on the way out? It's always great mixing it up with you, my friend. Absolutely. I think I'm good. I think we covered dang near everything over the course of this one. So well, I'm, ha- uh, I'm, looking for- I'm looking forward to this one. You happen to be the man. The concept of mixing a little wrestling with yeah. your college football is not a bad one. In the Southeastern Conference, you had the Ryan Day uh, mix-up over the weekend with uh, Lou Holtz, which is quite, kind of comical. Uh, Lou Holtz, a guy that spent some time at South Carolina. What about Lou Holtz getting in the middle of that, Colin? It's it's hilarious because I can almost guarantee Lou Holtz was in bed asleep when Ryan Day was going. <laughs> I mean, what in the war? And Ryan Day looked like such a moron. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see which which eighty year old man we decide to vilify this weekend. But, um, <laughs> and then you got. And then you got people that really kind of casually follow the sport, thinking that Deion Sanders got his comeuppance over the weekend when yeah. he literally has like a five or six win football team. Of course, they're going to get hammered by Oregon. Yeah. Of course, that's going to happen. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. great stuff, though. Hey, Colin, you're the man. Much love. If folks want to follow your work, read your work, or interact with you, how do they do so? And thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, Gamecock Central. It's part of the on three network 
Um, we're having a flash deal where you can get uh, some money off of your lease subscription. Social media at Colin Taylor on Twitter, all one word, C-O-L-L-Y-N, Taylor, just like it's spelled. Um, come over and interact, and, and let's have some fun this week. Colin, much love to you. Thank you, brother. Hey, appreciate you guys. The great Colin Taylor one more time. Matt Dixon, X-Factor, X-Factor, X-Factor. What's your X-Factor Saturday? What do you think? Uh, uh, I, I think it's going to be how South Carolina handles the crowd because I think it's going to be a very hostile atmosphere. Uh, you kind of saw Tennessee and Gainesville. They didn't handle that very well at all. Uh, sometimes that can just kind of swallow a team and you can just kind of avalanche them. Um, and that's, that's really a, I think a likely path that, that Tennessee could put this game away early if, if they do that. Um, South Carolina came, it just kind of, I think Brian talked about it yesterday, how they just historically struggle here. Uh, Tennessee was up, I think it was like 35 nothing in the second quarter, uh, two years ago. Um, and that was kind of a nooner. This one's going to be a night game with a game that the, that Tennessee fans have had circled since November. So I, I, I just think it's going to be a really hostile atmosphere and with a, a kind of a shaky offensive line that South Carolina has, uh, there's a recipe for that that can turn ugly early. And that's ho- hopefully what happens. Yeah, the thing you don't, you know, uh, the thing you don't want, guys, is for this to be a football game in the third quarter because if it is, with our secondary and the way he's been playing, at that point, anything becomes possible. If that's a real, if that's a real football game at halftime, go ahead, Bry. Here's something to consider. Yeah. The only three times South Carolina has won in Knoxville since they joined the SEC mm-hmm. was in 2005, the Vols scored 15 points. In 2011, the Vols lost 14 to three, and in 2017, the Vols lost 15 to nine. I don't think you're going to hold Heupel's offense to less than 15 points. Well, it's a really good point. And it's been a low-scoring, ugly kind of game when they yeah. won in Knoxville. Well, and, they want to ugly the game up. You know, Carolina wants yeah. to ugly the game up. Now, I will say this. Things we thought and things that are through the third poll. And I want to get into that. In, in fact, I'd like um, um, listeners to give me things that we know about Tennessee's team. Kind of what you thought, but what you know. Because right now there are things we know about our club. There are things we thought, and then there are things we know. Matt brings up. Matt brings up a, a, an interesting point about Saturday, though, because we got swallowed. We got swallowed at Florida. Somehow watching them a couple weeks ago against an all-world defense with South Carolina, I mean with uh, Georgia, I don't know how South Carolina functioned the way they did in the first half of that game to jump out to that lead but they but they did other than when you're as good as Georgia you're really only going to get up when the Tennessees of the world come to your building and Tennessee's unbeaten ranked number 1 in America at this point you have to almost shock prong with some jumper cables a Georgia fan into into showing some life 
because it's got to be super boring to be a Georgia fan at this point. There, there were Alabama fans were a couple years ago, whereas our well, atmosphere, our atmosphere Saturday night is going to be. You people took something from us last year, and we are going to literally make you pay the price. There, there is a decent chance this thing turns into a Tannehill game. I don't know that I trust our football team enough to do it, though. I, I trust our crowd enough. I don't know that I trust our football team enough that it's going to happen. Georgia beat them by really badly last year, and they were a 28-point favorite at home. Oh, I know. So I think that's a, ref- that's a recipe to sleepwalk for a while. Matt, am I wrong to say out loud that I don't know that I trust our team to blow these guys out? Because I don't see them blowing anybody out. Who have they blown out? We're at the quarter pole here. Who are we blowing out? Well, I mean, they haven't blown anybody. I mean, I guess you could kind of say Virginia, but... I mean, they they haven't just stepped on somebody's throat like last year's team did seemingly the first two months of the season. They they kind of had a blowout Saturday, I would say. 31 points. 31 nothing and a half. That's, that's, That's a blowout. Yeah, but you're facing a team that that knew they weren't winning with a backup quarterback. They said eight guys, and you kind of let them back in it. They almost made it. What they almost make that thing up? I guess they had the ball to make it a ten point game. It was crazy. That's one thing about this game here. Once you get out on these guys, you get out, you get out, you stay out, and you beat them like forty eight to fourteen. That's really what it should look like. But there's something about us I don't know that I trust. So, but that's me. John Adams said he does not think we're a very good football team at this point. I don't know. Is that an overreaction to what happened Saturday? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, how tr- I don't know if I trust us in this game. I said last year's team, oh, yeah, 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 you're getting hammered. You got like literally no chance. But let's go to the phones. We'll get as many people in here as we can. And I want to know from you what you kind of thought, and now we're a third through the season. What do you know? What do you feel comfortable in saying about this Tennessee team? What you thought, what you know. If you want to go position group, do that. If you want to go overall, just an observation about the team so far. And then, what did you think coming into the season about the SEC? And what is true about this league so far? Because a lot of what Tennessee is about to go through is in front of it. It's in front of this club. And so, what can we say about the league so far? And like a lot of things in college football, you know, we reserve the right to sort of change our minds as we see more information unfold. For instance, quarterback playing the league, is it better or worse than you thought beginning of the year? We were on here talking back in July about how this was going to be a kind of a down year for quarterback play in the league. Matt, is it a down year for quarterback play? Or has it been better than you thought? 
it it's about as down as it's been in about 10 years. Yeah, it's def- definitely down. The best SEC quarterback probably is the sixth or seventh best QB in the Pac-12. What do you think about it? It's really strange. And, you know, the uh, the best Pac-12 quarterbacks, except for Cam Rising, have all transferred out there. Bo Nix, the Williams kid, Penix. Penix, wow. That's a good one, Bri. The, the and kid, the, uh, the, uh, the, the Laura kid. Eye chart guy, Delora. The kid that was, uh, yeah. what was the kid's name that was assigned to, um, uh, Oh, God. The guy from Washington State was from the FCS. Wow. What was the kid's name that was signed to Florida who went out there, went to Arizona State? He's okay. What's that kid's name? I cannot remember his name. Uh, uh, Rochella? Uh, no. Uh, Rashada. Rashada. Thank Rashada, you. Yeah. yeah. I think he's hurt. Yeah, he did get hurt, yeah. That Arizona State team basically like a mass unit right now, which is why they played USC off their feet the other night. To the phones we go if you want to get in, and Zach, I'll get to you in spaces, in more places. 865-200-5402. Again, 865-200-5402. Shout out Drew Gilbert. Three-run game-tying home run last night in minor league baseball, and they were – Matt tweeted the clip out last night, and the play-by-play guy goes, Drew Gilbert has done it again. Playing double-A where, Matt? Like up in the, uh, is that the Penn League? Uh, the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. is actually their league championship series, game one. That's uh, cool. Blade, Blade, Blade Tidwell was the starting pitcher for their team as well. Um, and, yes, I did watch a lot of that game. That's next level. Now, that's degenerate. Well, I'm for that. I'm for that. Let's go back to the phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. You're live on your Tony Basilio show. Hi. Boy, you're having phone issues. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Stay right there. You're having phone issues. Hello. Distancing in the rank. Well, I detect that you're not sure what your house going to be this year. Let me give you some stats. Since you're so All right, give me some stats here. Graham Mertz got more yards than Joe Milton, and he came from Wisconsin and was uh, was doomed to be slow, as you, and your good words that you use all the time, slow. Hey, Matt Dixon, Graham Mertz, what do we know about? What do we know about Florida, Matt? Are they better than we thought, Matt? Or are they about who we thought they were, the Florida Gators, Matt Dixon? That's the position uh, statement about, here. They're about who, about who we thought they were. They just had a great game plan and beat the hell out of Tennessee. But I mean, it's the Man. same Graham Merch that on third and long down at, at Utah, they were throwing screens because they don't trust him to throw downfield. Is that the same trust y'all don't have in Mill? Because he throws the ball downfield sometimes. Y'all let him throw sometimes. Oh, sometimes. Both, both of them are, neither of them are any good. Okay, so Matt, say that then. Because, you know, he I did just say it. What do you mean? I, I don't know what you want from him. What do you I mean, don't, say I don't that? trash merch. I, I mean, him and Milton are both just kind of like the rest of the SEC, just kind of average quarterbacks who might have a good day here and there. He was supposed to be y'all's savior. Let's, let's keep it real. He was supposed to be y'all's savior, just like Hooker. 
and he sat there for three years, didn't learn. A we never did that on here. We never. Yes, you did. No, no, actually, scared. actually, no, we didn't, man. No. You said you was going to mollywop us, Tony B. You told me that in front of all your people down there. At, at, at Calhoun's on the river, you said he's going money. No, actually, the closer we got to that game, I never said anything about that game because I didn't feel good about it. Because I don't know how to feel about this football team. And then, what about, what about since y'all don't want to be honest, let's go somewhere else. You don't trust Josh Heupel? Mr. Offense, you don't trust him? We may not trust him. Be- because he, cause he's telling you a player just didn't want to play? Sometimes a player might not just don't want to play. You know what I mean? Because he told the truth. These kids are soft. Some of these kids are soft, Tony B. Come on, man. A guy, listen, listen. A guy that's had a triple hernia surgery who they told them. I don't think Mays is soft. No, not in a million years. I don't don't think none of that family is soft. No. Trust me. No. No. Because y'all said that's what it is then, right? Because y'all said it ain't true. Say it ain't so. It ain't so. Uh, I don't like the way Hypo represented that to the media. I don't think that's a service to that kid. I don't think that's a smart thing to do personally. I don't know what you get out of that. So why are you putting Mincy on, on special teams because he smoked the joint and, and he you put him on special teams and not play him? You know what I mean? That's the question I understand. People smoking everywhere. You know, you're probably smoking Tony B. The Mincy thing... I don't under, I just don't understand why that was handled the way it was. I, I don't know the the whole Florida game. I'd like to get the taste of that out of my mouth, and and you're not helping right now. You're not going to ever get out because I'm not going to let you live it down because you talk to me real bad. <sighs> well, one thing I've got one thing I've got, buddy, is the power of the button, and your call's over. So I do have that to get the taste out of my mouth. I guess there is one thing available to me, one avenue to get the taste out of my mouth. Let me get Zach in here, who joins us through the magic of uh, spaces, more spaces and more places where you can at 865-200-5402. Zach, hello and welcome in. I'm trying to get you in here, Zach. Are you there? Yeah, how's it going, buddy? Hey, Zach, good talk to you. Hey, so uh, I would like to uh, have you ask, Watson Brown a question tomorrow. All right. I got my pen and pen in hand. One of the most troubling things that I see in our coaching staff is that we're still, it seems like, trying to develop seniors. And we know who Jalen McCullough is. We know what we're going to get with him. We know what we're going to get with Jabari Small. And one of the things that I would like to know is, is as a coach, when do you move on? And when do you start developing these younger guys? And how much leverage or how much trust do you give them? And I know what Watson's going to say, like, it's practice. But I'd like for you to push him on that and say, you know, specifically some of these guys – when practices are so controlled, you're not going to get some of that until you actually take a chance on them in a game. And and one thing about the COVID year, Tony, is that it's been a, both a blessing and a curse because you get guys like McCullough back. 
you get guys like small back and they're good to have because they're serviceable but i think they've thrown a major kink in things for the future we needed the line this year but i don't think we needed that safety play I don't know if we needed another back taken away from Dylan Sampson's touches. What do you guys think on that? I think you've got a great point. Um, Matt, that whole Dylan Sampson thing is really odd to me. Tennessee, Arnsford had a really, really great entry the other day. And, Zach, thank you. When he said, we have this habit down through the years, and now we can lump – Unfortunately, a part of Tennessee lore, we can put Josh Heupel in there, um, where Dylan Sampson doesn't even touch a ball at Florida. And they obviously, as a staff, said, man, that was a really bad mistake by us. So we're going to overcompensate in that next game, and we're going to feature him. We're going to absolutely feature And Joe Milton didn't run one ball. And we didn't do that at all, and we're going to make that a point of emphasis after the Florida game. But, Matt, let's go with the young people. What do you think about Zach's point on the seniority of the seniority of the seniority in our secondary? Well, those are the guys that that your coaches trust back there, Um and it kind of is what it is. They were ro- now they were rotating guys even at safety throughout the first half uh, the other day, and I mentioned that in, yep. in the blog, which was good to see. Um, of course, it, it wasn't like those guys were exactly p- did well, so there there might be a reason those those veteran guys are still are still out there. But uh, that that's a coaching issue, not a player deal. So uh, it, it's a really fine line. It, it's a really good question to ask a coach like Watson Brown. And ask him how NIL and the portal especially can affect that. Because, you know, I guess back when Watson was coaching, players were kind of stuck where they were. Yes. Uh, and, and you could, you could, uh, you could do that and not worry about a guy leaving. Whereas now, virtually every player on your roster, you have to at least some ways re-recruit every year. Um, I, I think how you manage your roster and manage the, the personalities and all that, I think that's a huge, a huge thing for coaches nowadays, um, and, and one of the really one of the bigger deals I think they have to do, which kind of makes a guy like Heupel, who's so offensive heavy and so involved in that, um, you kind of need that CEO type, kind of kind of like um, uh, Mac Brown is. That I think y'all were talking about last week, like Mac Brown's kind of kind of fit for the NIL and portal era in in a in a way, despite his age, or like a Deion Sanders. A guy doesn't coach. Yeah, yeah, doesn't coach yeah. a unit. He does. He does very little like, yeah. coaching and very little involved because he hired. He hired great coaches. He's. Did, I mean, he's got a great thing going out there. I mean, people and laugh yeah, at him. He's a great example of that. Yeah, people laugh at him, but he's got two great coordinators, and he lets them coach. That's that's the truth. That's what he and he, he kind of like old uh, Dabo. Old Dabo took remnants of Philip Fulmer's coaching staff. Had Larry Slade there for years as a sounding board, and uh, I, you know, I think I think our coach could benefit from something like that, having a sounding board there. Just a just a thought. 
But that, I think that's what Golis was. I think that's right. I think that's right. You know, uh, do you think Butch Jones could be someone's sounding board when he gets fired this year? I don't know that he's going to get fired, Bri. They had a huge win the other night. You need to celebrate it. <laughs> and you need to get off Butch Jones's back because he got himself a W. And we live... Drink, drink the Kool-Aid, Brian. Yeah, Come Brian. On. We live in the moment around here an hour two. In the moment. In the moment is where we live here an hour two. As we continue, we'll get some more calls in and mix it up with you. What do we know about the Vols? What do we know here at the, at the third point? This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the garbage man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. 
My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. There are so many problems in the world right now that we can't do anything about. But the hunger crisis in southern Middle Tennessee is not one of them. You can join the Well Outreach Food Pantry in responding to help feed our neighbors in need. Kids, moms, and dads, and grandparents with nothing to eat. For just $30, you can provide a week of groceries to feed a local family in need. Give hope to the hungry right now. TheWellOutreach.org TheWellOutreach.org don't put off getting your oil changed, Columbia. Take 5 is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. Visit their newest location at 1203 South James Campbell Boulevard and take advantage of their $15 off grand opening special. That's right, $15 off any oil change, Columbia. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. They're faster than you think. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Yeah, the lines are jammed on today's award-winning edition, where we've had a little mix of calls and folks checking in on Twitter spaces and more places and what we know about this Tennessee team, what we thought we knew and what we know and... Other topics, uh, Florida, you, you spurred us to say that we kind of thought Florida's going to be a mediocre football team coming into the season, and they're just that. They're a mediocre team that played a good game against the Vols. They were right back to being who they were Saturday night. As we go back to our TLD Logistics phone lines, hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tommy, Josh, boy. Wings. How you guys doing? Good, buddy. Matt, my first question is for you so uh saturday night tennessee's defense is going to be run running around a lot especially the cornerbacks would it be a good idea for uh the cornerbacks to do suicide since they're going to be running running around a lot saturday night uh now they probably need to save save their legs for saturday night yep. uh you need you need your defensive line and 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 your blitzing linebackers to to get not only pressure on Rattler but actually get him down because they they roll him out a lot and he can he can he has enough athletic ability to to beat you with his legs if you give him if you if you don't wrap him up so I I don't trust Tennessee secondary against any SEC you know, passing game um, so you've got you've got to find a way to get pressure and get him on the ground which is very possible because I. Their offensive line might be worse than Tennessee's. Yeah, I agree with that. Their offensive line is pretty atrocious. Tony, uh, what's Florida doing calling in and causing trouble like always? I don't know, man. I, and, you know, I I, I, I like Florida. I, uh, you know, ga- you gave him a chance. I gave him a chance. and But I'm not going to sit there and listen to him ramble on. You know, Tony. Uh, you think he'll be? He's got, he's got to worry about Kentucky this week. Yeah, he's got to worry about Kentucky. Yes, he does. Matt, who wins that game? 
Uh, I, I would lean Florida, but for some reason they don't play very well against against the Big Blue. They must I don't know. They, they must not. They might need suicides up there at Lexington at noon. <laughs> yeah, I like I like what their what their coach said. Um, Stoop yeah. said the other day. He said he said these people up here at eight o'clock in the morning can pound some beers. I'm like, wow, you that's know, what it's come to, huh? Tony, uh, if I'm hearing that uh, Jalen Wright, he may have a concussion. Is that true? Concussion? Yeah. Where'd you get that? I I, I have a few sources. All right, I'll check on that. But uh, if he is unable He didn't to... know where he was Saturday. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance? Well, I know Sampson and Small will get a lot of the carries. Boy, that's a. Could we see? Could we possibly see Cam Seldon in the backfield? You know, I'm surprised he hasn't. Because there was a lot of hype about him in the preseason. I'm surprised he hasn't uh, been more of a piece of their offense. It's essentially, the time we've seen Cam Seldon was when he was in the wrong place at the wrong time on that ill-fated deciding to touch a block kick. Yeah. But that's a that's an interesting question. Yeah, he's not getting any carries after that. No. no I mean, we're not sorry for the carries. carries. We're not worried about Cam he figured that He figured that's the only chance he'd get to touch the ball, maybe. Who's, uh, yeah. Matt, who gets, if let's say right, let's say Joshy Boy's got a source, which I don't know whether he has a source or not. Everybody has a I source. I don't want to give my source out on uh, Hey, whoa, whoa, I'm not asking you to give yours. This is, come on, this is. This Tony, Tony, right. Wright didn't know where he was walking off the field Saturday. This he is, got yeah. hurt. He had the dad. He basically carried him to the sidelines. So here's a question for you. Who's featured Saturday? Do they go back to the to the senior or to the veteran, rather? Or are they going to go to Samson, Matt? What do they do Saturday? It's very unpredictable here. Very unpredictable. Uh, they, they start small, but as the game goes on, it becomes more Dylan Sampson. Why even start small if you're going to do that? Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you play two backs anyway. Right. So to just give, give small the, the quote-unquote start. and Okay. I mean, you need him. I mean, the, the pass protection stuff is a real issue. I know, like, you know, fans don't want to talk about that. And it might be, maybe the coaches overblow it. But Samson whiffs, whiffs on blocks all the time. Now, I mean, some linemen do too, and they're still out there, but still. I mean, Samson is a liability when when pass protecting. Tony, Butchie uh, boy <clears throat> won't know what to do with himself if he wins six games this year for Arkansas State. Oh no, he'll know what to do with himself when that bowl game's over, yeah. and they play up there in like Detroit, Michigan, or somebody. And if they're lucky enough to win, he'll have his team carry him off the field after a Sterling oh Golden seven and six season. Sterling Golden. Yeah. And he'll tell the Arkansas State fans you don't appreciate you should appreciate winning six games yes, a year. You should appreciate yeah. man. And seven games a year. Because yeah. you've never done that here before when they have. They they um, used to winning eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah, good point, Brian. Tony, do you think that play should be banned in the NFL what the Eagles do on uh, that fourth down play? You know, I don't understand 
why Tennessee doesn't do that in short yardage with Joe Milton. I agree with that. The guy's six feet, whatever he is. You put yep. two big people behind him. I don't care whether he wants to do it or not. I don't care whether he likes contact or not. You take they him. They did it at, against Virginia and on that shove one play. As I, Matt, it should be happen every game in short yardage. You cannot stop yes. that play. That Jalen Hurts thing that they do, last night the Eagles did it from their own 27-yard line. Yeah. And got three yards, Joshy boy. That's almost not fair. Not fair at all. You're not stopping that play. If they don't, if they don't uh, legislate that out of the game, if I was the Eagles, I'd do that from time to eternity. If that guy's my quarterback. Jalen Hurts, Milton weighs more than Hurts, and Hurts can squat 600 pounds. I mean, come on. You're exactly right. But Milton's a tough yeah. guy. Milton's a big physical specimen. There's no reason you shouldn't put the ball in his hands. Yeah. Take him over whichever guard you want to take him over and shove him through the pile from behind. They're calling it the tush push. Tush push. Tush push. Tony, uh, yes. one last thing out yes. the door. The reason we're wearing black Saturday night, it's because it's going to be South Carolina Junior's funeral. See ya. <laughs> he means, oh yeah, S- he meant SC Junior. Or Frankie Jr. Matt, will Frankie Jr. coach a good game? Matt, here are some of my things that we – I want to see if you guys agree with this. Things we know about this season. Joe Milton's pretty good. That's what I'm terming this for the blog tomorrow. Joe Milton's pretty good. Do you guys agree with that? He's a notch below pretty good. Yeah, within this offense, he can be pretty good. But he, yeah, he, yeah. he, 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 he can look better. Here's what I'm yeah. writing. He's not great, but he's good enough to keep his job. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I would put him. And I'm also going to say I'm not sure if he's good enough to beat anybody that's elite in college football, but he's good enough to keep his job. Is that a fair statement I'm making there or no, Matt? Yeah, but, I mean, you only have one elite team on your schedule, so, which is kind of good, which is both a good and bad thing. You know, we talk about a missed opportunity, but he just kind of fits in line with the rest of the SEC quarterbacks this year. Here's another one. What do we know about Tennessee's wide receivers, guys? We're, we're at the third poll here. What do we know? Uh, well, Brew McCoy, I think Brew McCoy is really good, uh, really underrated, and is an NFL receiver, even though he hasn't really had the production this year. Um, Ramel Keaton kind of is who he is at this point. He's like a fifth or sixth year guy who was a career backup until last year. Uh, Squirrel Whites are kind of, you know, that prototypical slot receiver who can have good games and have bad, and just kind of disappear at times. Um, you know, Thor- Thornton's been a, a disappointment, but, um, you know, kind of is what it is at this point. I wrote about that on the blog. Um, not the, not, I'm not ready to give up on him, but it obviously he's, it's, it's not going to click for him this year, but I mean, they just kind of are who they are. I'm, uh, I'm, my stance on them is that there's a lot of room for improvement going forward with that group. 
I look at that group, and, and the first thing that comes to mind is I think there's a little more ceiling than we've seen from them. Now, whether we see it or not, Squirrel White's one of those I was thinking about, Matt, and the Thornton kid's another one. I wonder well, if Thor- Thornton's got to be your deep threat guy, but he doesn't get on the field enough to be a deep threat. That's the problem. Is Thornton is could he ever get to the level of maybe a Vellis Jones or a, a Payton yes. from yes. from year yes. one? I don't know if he can this year, but I think yeah, he he can. I mean, he he has a higher ceiling than those two guys, but. I, he just, I mean, he has trouble just getting lined up on plays right now. And uh, he has obviously the, the drop issue. Um, but I mean, you know, score white for, is it really a deep threat or they haven't really showcased that? He's more of like a quick, quick guy, like from the slot, not a deep threat like Hyatt. Uh, there's no Javante Payton out there. You know, Brew McCoy's more of a physical, you know, yards after the catch guy. Keaton's been their deep threat, and I, I, you know, I don't think anybody thinks he's some burner. So I, I think that that kind of limits your how explosive your passing game can be. Plus, the deep, defenses are playing you a little bit deep, deeper coverages at least the start games. Back to the phones we go. Another thing that uh, we know right now is that Josh Heupel needs a better combination of offensive line quarterback and receiver play to put up video game numbers. He's not going to put up video game numbers every year. We've learned that now. Is that a fair statement? Uh, Third of the way into the season here, Matt, or no? No, I think that's fair. Because the, the thought was in the summer, Josh Heupel's system will be good enough to carry, will be good enough to carry anything. And now the the amended statement is you need better quarterback, wide receiver, and O-line play uh, to put up video game numbers. I've long contended that coaches – don't play games. Players play games. I've always believed that. Now, coaches can help. I'll give you an inst- for instance here. Nick Saban's team should have lost Saturday. He coached a very good game. Hit his deficiencies at quarterback. Ran the football. Powered it at Ole Miss. And did what they had to do to get out of there with a W. Lane Kiffin's team, on the other hand, left so many opportunities on the field in that game. So much squandered stuff in that game. Which is the nature of why. And and Mark and Colombo and all the Kiffinites don't want to admit this. You know, he's Taylor has her Swifties, and he has his Kiffinites, and they just don't want to admit it. It's got to win big games. Lane Kiffin would be the perfect offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Boom! Boom! By the way, anybody get a score in that Cowboy game over the weekend? With Josh Dobbs, team that's um, put there to 
Sam Hankey could have built that team himself. By the way, what's the guy's name, Bri, that played at Carolina? Uh, Greg Olson. He's part of that number one team now in CBS. He said, you know, many people, or is that Fox's team? It all runs together for me. Anyway, many people still believe the Cowboys are the number one team in the NFL. Hey, Greg, nobody believes that. I love the networks. Getting that out there so they can get everybody to watch the boy band that's only there to sell merchandise but not compete for championships. The Eagles are ten times better, Brian Hartman, than the Dallas Cowboys. Ten times. It's not even close. I hate that for you, Cowboy fan. Hate it for you. Back to the phones we go. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. And the San Francisco 49ers are four times, five times the team the Eagles are right now. So give me a break. The Cowboys? Are you kidding? Hello and Dak Prescott? Are you kidding? Hello and welcome into our next call. There's a difference between the two football teams. The Vols are good. The Titans aren't. You've come to that conclusion? Uh, I've come to that conclusion. Can you imagine giving A.J. Brown to the Eagles for nothing like they did? Boy, I'll tell you, that's what that's what cost that's what costed the jo- that's what costed John Robinson his, his job. And I'm beginning to to question about the draft choices that Rand Carthon got, both him and Frable going after you know going after Levis in the. In the in either the second or third round, but I, I would ha- I would have to say they're they're having a lot of offensive line, but you know you have to look at it this way, Tony. That was the same Cleveland Brown defense that put Joe Burrow out of commission, and they and they beat uh, the Bengals worse than they did the Titans. They only beat them thirty to seven. That Cleveland Brown game, Bill, which I watched because it was one of our power plays for winners and losers. We were one and one going into Sunday. We ended up two and one. So that was kind of personal to me. And and my guys took Cleveland, which is the second time Cleveland's been a power play for us, which is antithetical to what I want to stand for. But they say you just play what's in front of you. You don't you take the emotion out of it, Bill. A.J. Brown last night had more total yards in that game, more yards receiving than the Titans did yards of total offense. Now, what in the world is going on in Nashville? What is that? Not that I'm here to throw salt in your wounds, but, I mean, you've won one of your last ten games. What are they doing? I have no idea. Mike Frable has no idea. Ryan Tannehill has no idea. And Van Carthon has no idea. But they need to get this problem straightened out. Get I'm, I'm going to pull a little Polish Joe on you, uh, Mike Frable. Enough is enough. Let's clean this mess up. 
Brian, do you find the Titans a scary proposition in the AFC South right now? Where would you rank the Titans, Brian, in the South? Uh, Are they above the Colts? The South, look, the, the South looks very mumbled right now. No, I, I don't. I don't think they're above the Colts. You know, it, it's it looks like anybody in the division could beat anybody else in the division. And I'll tell you, they were a number of surprises in the NFL. <sighs> Denver whipping, Denver I mean, Denver got their kingdom tore down by Miami seventy to twenty. Can you imagine scoring seventy points in a in a National Football League game, man? <laughs> oh, First time Lord. since nineteen and sixty six that occurred. It's nearly impossible in professional sports to court, score that many uh, points in professional football of any kind. 70 points? That was 57 years ago. That was the year you were you came into this world, my good Christian friend. Damn, we're getting old. Yeah. And month after next, I'll be hitting the big 7-0. I know, and Bino wants to have your birthday at the end of this month. <laughs> next month. and uh, and uh, let's and let's see uh who would have ever thought detroit would beat atlanta Me? i didn't i picked atlanta in that game oh my god atlanta slaw you need to start giving the boys in honolulu blue and silver some love and bill unfortunately for you our time has come to a come to come to end but i thank you nonetheless uh Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. The numero uno, numero uno, numero uno. Let's get uh, the powerlifting vol in here. Who wants to uplift us today? Powerlifting vol, welcome in. Tony, how you doing today? Doing great, thank you. You know, um, I've, I've watched this, this this offense. I think everybody has, and we've they've had people that have overreacted and underreacted, and. You know, I, I had us going in nine and three and I still have us nine and three, eight and four. It's regressed a little bit. I mean, you all were talking about the wide receiver production and that, you know, Dante Thornton just has not been lived up has not lived up to the hop. Um they've been they've struggled to get the ball to the receivers, whether that's been an offensive line issue or a quarterback issue. Just we're just not gelling. There's some things that aren't firing on all cylinders. And um, a part of that problem was we we probably expected this team to perform at last year's standards, and it's not the same team remotely. Daniel, a lot of people made the mistake of thinking that the coach had magic tricks and magic potion to sprinkle some moon dust on this, and it was just all gonna all gonna be okay. You got to have players. Players, players, and you have to have playmakers. And in Tennessee's wide receiving core right now, Matt, who are the playmakers? Who are they, Matt? The big play wide receivers, Matt. Who are they? Uh, well, I mean, you don't really have one. That's the point. And that I mean, school, school wide hasn't I don't, like he hasn't made a ton of big plays. Again, Keaton's nope. been your kind of deep threat guy, and I, you know, I don't think he really necessarily scares teams. So, I mean, Thornton could be, but. He's got to get on the field and, and produce to do that, and he's just not going to do that. Hey, Daniel, to that point, to that point, the other day when they face 
a, a, a Crip game, and they're up 31 nothing at halftime. They had twice as many big plays on the ground as they did big plays in the air. And that's just not that's just not what we thought coming into the year. You know what, Tony? To me, when I when I watch this team, and you know, um, you know, the offensive line is clearly a, more of an issue than I even thought it was. Um, I thought that you know his system was was going to work out the kinks, and they're they're doing okay, but it's just not what last year was. And we got to quit comparing it. And I'm speaking that as myself, but this team just looks very lackadaisical versus the other team. Uh, last year, and I wonder if, if a lot of that is coming from not having uh, Cooper out there. I think that plays a big factor not having your center, but I just don't think that Joe is as as, as sharp with the offense as Hendon was. But that being said, I think they're going to win enough games to still be a successful season. But we got to quit, and I'm speaking myself. We got to quit comparing to last year because this is a, not the same team. And just like you said, you got to have dudes. And the guys that we got are not performing to the level that of last year. And you can't throw Nico out there. You got to roll with what you have. Uh, but you know, I still I still think that there's nine and three, eight and four in 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 the season. But it's just not what we expected. Not no, myself. But you know what? And I appreciate you. There's room to get better. You know, that's that's the whole thing. But I thought I thought it'd be fun to look at the third poll and say, okay. What do we know about this team? I'll give you another thing I know. Matt said it earlier, but I'm going to say it out loud. I said it earlier. Tennessee secondary is not trustworthy. Is that a harsh statement, guys? Like, that's that's it. For those thinking, oh, well, you know, those guys are going to take another step this year or they're going to get better this year. Are they better? They kind of are what they are. Well, they they take another step. It's just in the wrong direction and run fits. And one thing is they don't face great quarterbacks, so they may not look as bad as they are. They might actually look okay. Brian, how can serviceable? They, Brian, how can they look serviceable when they don't look serviceable? They get run over. And I'll tell you what, if you don't knock South Carolina out this weekend – your secondary could unravel you in this football game. If I'm in South Carolina's brain trust, I'm saying, look, guys, we have to weather the storm in that first quarter, and it is going to come. Tennessee is going to give you their best shot. I'd say to them, but this is not Tennessee's team from last year. They don't blow anybody out. So the goal here is let's get this thing to the third quarter. We get this thing to the third quarter with their defense and their secondary. We can make this thing interesting. That's what I'd be telling my guys. If you can just, I would tell that Rattler kid, if we could just avoid doing something silly in the first half, you throwing the ball up for grabs, whatever it is. I don't trust our. I don't trust our secondary at all. I'm sorry. And I don't know whether it's coaching or player development. I don't pretend to know that. I know I know for time and eternity here, your DB's coach is always going to be vilified on talk radio. But they do keep putting the same people out there and essentially getting the same results, which I have to give those guys credit, Matt. 
There are guys there that have been on field three or four years now and have basically been doing the same thing. Which, hey, caduce to them. But that, and that, that's what makes it coaching. Whether you're recruiting, the wrong, or you're not doing well enough in recruiting, or you're not developing the guys you do bring in, for that to occur, that's not on the players, that's on the coaches. Another position. And you've got you've got two you've got two secondary coaches, including your your coordinator, and and that's I think without question has been the worst unit on your defense for for three years now. By the way, one other position statement for you on the league: Alabama is back to the pack after watching them over the weekend. I'm gonna credit Matt here; he called it. They're a three-loss football team. Now, I don't know the three teams are going to beat them, but that is the level that they're at. They're a three-loss football team. It's official. After watching them over the weekend, they are back to the pack. That was a coin flip game they played with Ole Miss. Ole Miss a middle-of-the-road team in this league. It's what they are. It's what they're always going to be with Lane Kiffin there. They're a middle-of-the-road team. They are back to the pack. Do you guys agree or disagree with that? <laughs> oh, 100%. Did, did you see the clip from Saban's coaching show of him showing the block punt? Oh. Where he showed some personality? Because, you know, they, they blocked the punt and took over at the one-yard line and then had to kick a 40-yard field goal. But it was, it was really funny. He he went. He it took like a minute that, like going over the play and and how they schemed it up and and then he and then he just started laughing. He goes, "We took over at the one yard line and we didn't do very well from there." I like it. Was, his, it's actually really funny. Well, he's had that. He had that exchange a couple of weeks ago with that, with that uh, guy where he said, "Look, we didn't block. We didn't tackle. We didn't." Yeah, it was great. It was great. <laughs> and he said, "What can I say, Pee Wee? We're not getting it done. We're not doing anything." <laughs> how are we going to get better, man? Talk to me. How we? And he was laughing. I'm like, that's when you know their team sucks. When he's when he's acting like a human being, that's when you know they're back to the pack. Let's go back to the phones. You know, uh, Kiffin's team seem to blow out lessers, sure. lesser games they should, but yeah. they don't. That's really when the only time he really looks his teams look like they're anything, and you overvalue them. Matt hit, big the he's a front, he's a front runner. Matt hit the nail yeah. on the head on the Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction the other night. His signature win is Tennessee when we were a 500 team two years ago in the golf ball game. That's his signature win. When somebody, when a golf ball magically golf appeared ball at his from feet. Tenet, from, from Ole Miss' sideline. Yes, from, when a golf ball magically appeared when one of his uh, staff members rolled it up under his feet. Hello and welcome into. Hello Hi. and wel- Hi, you're on the air. This is Holly. Hey, Holly, Hi. welcome in. How are you all doing? Doing good. I saw you lurking earlier in Twitter Spaces. Yes, yes, I go back and forth. Isn't it and fun? Twitter it is fun. I like it. I like to hear you guys talking uh, during the commercials too. It's kind of fun to get the kind of the inside. Yeah. Kind of feel like I'm there. Yes. Uh, what I called in about was, um, first of all, I agree with Joshy Boy about Florida, and I that's what I wanted to call. I, I've always kind of enjoyed listening to Mr. Florida call in and him running his mouth, but 
you know, at first it was entertaining, but now it's kind of getting old. He kind of is making all this personal, and I just really want him to stop. I wish he'd call in and just be a regular caller or forget us. He's just, it's just irritating now. I agree with that. You know, if we had a chance to do it over again, we cheered for him down at Calhoun's on the river when he came out. I, I, I would encourage people to really bill him. Next time, if he gets near a microphone down there, I agree with you. Because he, 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 he's crossing the line. It's just not about him. It's, it's, it's about, That's right. That's right. It's about the game. That's all. Uh, but then I wanted to comment on the uh, Maze fella. I watched that kind of like we all have. And, you know, um, I knew he'd had a hurt. Well, I didn't know, but I supposed he had a hernia repair. And someone mentioned it was a triple hernia repair. And, boy, that is nothing to sneeze at. I'm an old nurse, and there is no way that that kid could be on the offensive line for at least six weeks after that surgery. I mean, most people are really sore and go back to work after six weeks, or maybe it's four weeks now. I don't know. Everybody goes back earlier. But if he went out there, he could rupture his entire abdomen. So now I'm sitting here thinking, how many weeks has it been since he actually had the surgery? Six. This is six. Okay, He's so past they may six. let him. And I guess they have girdles and things they can put on him right. and hold him in tight and all. So, you know, maybe he'll be back. But I do think it's kind of weird how coy people been about the in- injury. But I got to thinking about it. You know, there are all these health care confidentiality laws now. And he probably has been told he has to, you know, not say much of anything because they just won't let him be transparent about injuries because of it's a health status thing. I mean, it's gotten kind of ridiculous. But, but Holly, explain this to me, right? Explain this to me. As, a, as somebody that's just, you know, pretty sensible like you are, why would you stand Sometimes. up there and say he warmed up and he didn't want any, and, you know, he just didn't feel like going in the Florida game, knowing what we know now? Knowing that it's triple hernia, knowing that it's six weeks, why would a head coach stand up there and do that? I just can't get over that. It makes no sense. I don't get that either because it was almost to me like he didn't know what to say and he was just kind of rambling or something because that didn't come across very well at all. And, you know, you know he's not trying to dog his. I hope not. I don't think he is, but he's not like him. Maybe that's not his mo. No, at all. He just, I just think he maybe just didn't really know what to say, and you know, he's probably had that training about it's the HIPAA law that you cannot say anything, and that's not in his wheelhouse as far as healthcare and all that, and he just kind of, I don't know, you know, mumbled back his words, but. You guys are so smart. I love listening to all the things you say. I learn a lot, especially in football, more than the others. I guess I'm lacking. So but d- d- let me ask this question to your panel and all. Two things. So I know when Mays comes back, it will make a difference, but how much of a difference? And then number two, am I thinking correctly that Dylan Sampson is a star in the making? Thank you, Holly. Have a great day. Matt, let's go. Uh, first piece, Cooper Mays. I think he's beyond valuable on this football team. I think his absence helped precipitate the Florida meltdown. 
Matt, why is he so valuable? Let's elaborate here. Well, he he's your best center by far, and he allows you to fix two spots on your offense or upgrade two spots on your line. He's a veteran guy who gets everybody lined up, gets the play calls in. Like they, I mean, they've had trouble. I mean, they've just not gone at tempo this year, and I think that's a, a that's one of the bigger reasons for it. So he, I think he's extremely valuable to your team, especially when you have a new quarterback and, and you have some new pieces around them. So, no, I, I, and I, I, I just don't think – well, I don't like how you, you have to wait until you get into the meat of your schedule to see what kind of impact he has. That's like I, I, it would have been nice to have gotten him a game or two, you know, like this past weekend where you can see how much of an improvement he makes and how big of an upgrade it was. So, and I, I just I do want to echo Holly's one hundred percent right on the stuff about hypo and the injuries and what he says publicly. Like it, it just comes off looking a whole lot worse than it does. And yeah, I, I guess UTPR needs to get with him. Like it almost is like he's unprepared to answer the questions when they're asked, and the answers he gives just aren't very good. And that needs to improve because I think it's a really bad look, personally. And we love him. I mean, we say this from love. I'm, I'm, I love the guy. I think that. Oh yeah. I mean, he's he's in a tough spot because, like, I mean, Holly's brought up the hippest stuff. Yeah. And uh, you always talk about the injury report things. You know, none of these that they're not employees they're or whatever. The, yeah. The players, so you can't do all that stuff. Like, there's a fine line there, but the way he answers some of those questions, it just comes off looking bad, even though it, it's not meant to be. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. If you want to jump in with us, we'll go back to the TLD Logistics Hotline on the other side. Upon our continuance, what have you learned? What have we learned? What did we learn about the Vols? We're at the third third way poll here. What do we know about this football team right now that we can say with clarity? Here are some of the things we have. Um. So far, just for you to think about this, Joe Milton's pretty good. Joe Milton's pretty good. He's not what some of you thought he was in the offseason, but he's pretty good, and that's okay. Tennessee's wide receivers have a lot of room to improve. We can say that with clarity. We can say with clarity that Josh Heupel needs better quarterbacks, wide receivers, and offensive line play to put up video game numbers. We can say that with clarity now. We didn't believe that in the offseason. We can absolutely say that now. With clear conscience. Tennessee secondary, despite the way the numbers look right now, still isn't trustworthy. I don't trust them. Cooper Mays is beyond valuable for this football team. Matt said in the summer he's the second most valuable guy on their offense. He might be the most valuable player on their offense when you look at how they've performed. In the SEC... These are things we've learned so far. Quarterback play in this league, for a league that spends more money than anybody on any of this stuff, stinks. It stinks. It's terrible. Florida is who we thought they were. Now, they played like an absolute world beater against us, but they're getting ready to get beaten by the world the further they get away from our football game. And Florida, you need to own up to that, you goofball. And Alabama has now come back to the pack. 
to such a degree that Nick Saban is acting like a regular old humanoid. What are other lessons or things that we know, that we just know about this season a third of the way in? More after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job in fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. 
Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. There are so many problems in the world right now that we can't do anything about, but the hunger crisis in Southern Middle Tennessee is not one of them. Join the Well Outreach Food Pantry in responding to help feed neighbors in need, September 26th and 27th, right here on Front Porch Radio. For just $30, you can provide a week of groceries to feed a local family in need. You can also provide hope to the hungry right now at thewelloutreach.org. Save-A-Lot Foods, serving Columbia since 1994, is celebrating their grand reopening at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard with amazing deals, and you can even register for prizes. Open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Check out our weekly flyers for great deals on your favorite products. Save-A-Lot stores are 100% employee-owned and operated and proud to be local. Save-A-Lot Food Stores. Shop the dot. Save a lot. I've got our favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson, on the phone. Miles, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, buddy. I know it's uh, another week. You got some more great bargains for us, so let's hear what you got. All righty. Well, this week we have ribeye steak, six ninety nine a pound. Jumbo russet potato, eight pound bags, four ninety nine each. Green cabbage, forty nine cents a pound. Crystal geyser, thirty two pack water, three for twelve. And Coca Cola, twelve packs, five ninety nine. And uh, these sales run through what next Tuesday, I believe. Yeah, next Tuesday. All right, fantastic. And as always, you guys are open seven days a week, and you're open 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., located right there by where the post office is. So if anybody's out there looking for some great deals, I'll tell you, check out Foodland. You cannot go wrong. Miles, as always, thank you very much. We appreciate you talking to us, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right, that was Miles Johnson. We just got done talking to Go check them out at Foodland. They got some fantastic deals. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Tomorrow, TGMD will have the honors over at tclub.team. His look back at the season, plus ranks the teams as as they currently set. We're talking about what we know. Uh, about this season, one-third in. Uh, I have a couple for TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime. We're going to expand the scope a little bit, but I want you to think about something. Somebody brought something up the other day on our Guards of Law fifth quarter fan reaction because we kind of do like these watch-alongs, these night games. This week, I don't know what we'll be watching along with. Well, our game's, what, 7 o'clock? So, yeah, we'll, we'll have some night games to look at at any rate. An observation somebody brought up, I want you to think about this in major college football this year. You know, they, they've got this 
these faux rules that they've supposedly implemented to speed the game up, you know what they've quit doing? They've jammed as much advertising into these um, into these deals as humanly possible, into these broadcasts as humanly possible. They're really no shorter than they promised you they were going to be, except you don't see as many plays. What they've done is they don't call they don't call pass interference like they once did, and everybody's interfering, which is another thing that might be going on with with Tennessee's passing game that we don't talk about. But I want you to think about that as you watch college football this year going forward. They are str- guys are stretching jerseys all over the place, clutching, grabbing more than hand fight.